Welcome back to Be Great with Nate, the podcast that trains you to master your mind, body, and emotions to help you take complete control of your life. I'm your host, your coach, Nate Ortiz. I'm enthusiastic about teaching you how to manage your health and mindset while you pursue your goals in life. My goal is to clear your confusion regarding the body, mind, and life itself. If you want to learn how to become the best version of yourself, then you're going to want to stick around. Welcome back to Be Great with Nate, baby. So today's podcast is a very, very special podcast. So on the Be Great With Nate podcast, we I brought you through ways that you can get out of fight or flight with nutrition, mindset, sleeping, every holistic approach that you can take to get out of fight or flight. In today's podcast, I'm going to teach you the deep-rooted cause on why most of us are going to be in fight or flight, and that has to do with money. Not being educated about money is going to be one of the biggest reasons why you're going to be struggling with fight or flight. I've worked with, in this past year, I probably said I've worked with 70 individuals one-on-one, and I spent a minimum of about eight weeks with them. And most of my clients are usually subconsciously moving out of fight or flight due to finances. And that could be because mom and dad didn't have educational, I mean, educational finances or didn't understand money that well. And, um, and, and this can cause a lot of problems. So I brought you through multiple exercises I bring clients through and they're great, but there's nothing like bringing an expert on talking about money and finances and helping you get out of being in that position of, always working with your last dollar and how to actually put yourself in a better position with your finances. I Today I brought on Jeff. I told you part one we did with Jeff. Jeff worked with me. He wor- he lost 40 pounds working with me this year. And um, I also worked with his wife who was uh, pregnant at the time, who had a beautiful, they had a beautiful child. And Jeff has been one of the, he was an amazing client. And as I was working with Jeff, he was so successful at what he does that one day he threw like a little tip at me and I wanted more. So then I, I went to him and I started working with him and his team. And he's, he's, um, he's surrounded with some powerful people that are on a mission to teach more minorities about investing and you know learning about how to deal with their finances and put themselves in a better position. So I'm excited to bring that podcast to you. Now, before we get into the podcast, I just want to make a quick announcement. Uh, we do have a few slots left for February 24th and February 25th workshop. It's going to be downtown Jersey City, New Jersey. It's going to be a two-day workshop, and I'm going to pre- be presenting two days for about eight hours a day. So if you are interested in that workshop, I left the more information about that in the description below. Uh, we'll have a website for you that you can check out, you know, if you want to see some testimonials, you want to see the video of the first one that we did a couple months ago, uh, just so you can get a little more information. But if you're someone who's really serious and really ready to go, uh, you can be able to apply from there or you can apply directly towards me and my team at Nate, N-A-T-E, at BeGreatWithNate.com. We need your number, your location, where you're coming from, your number, your phone number, and your name. And we'll be giving you a call. Uh, we funneled out a lot of people, and it was an amazing week. Uh, within almost one week, we already are fully booked. So if you're really interested in that, jump all over it. We're, um, I'm offering like a Christmas special where you'll be able to get granted my Be Great with Nate Academy and turn your dreams into green program. Um, so much value there. So it's really, really, really good price. I, I advise you, if you're thinking about coming to one of my workshops, this is the one to come to. Jump all over this one. Now, let's get into the podcast with Jeff. Welcome back to Be Great with Nate. I'm super excited to do a part two with Jeff. Back in, I say, I think it was earlier this year, Jeff uh, threw something at me and uh, did a presentation and it blew me away so much that he got one of his friends, if I'm not mistaken, from JP Morgan to jump on a call with me and Haskiri, my girlfriend, who's an actor or an actress, and educated us on money. And from there, I became obsessed on this one thing. And that one thing is investing. Jeff, the first thing when people think about investing, uh, there's a lot of different weird beliefs about it. And as soon as you say something about investing, people can come across it as a a scam or Mm -hmm. it's not real. Why is that? Yeah, I think it's, and so I think there's just a lack of transparency in terms of, there's a couple of things. People people don't know how to invest, Mm. right? People don't know where to start. Mm. People have not been taught kind of what I call this game of, of investing in the stock market and in the economy the right way. Um, and so there's just, especially minorities such as ourselves, that you're mm-hmm. not taught that your parents are, don't know it, right? There's different priorities in terms of 
of of of what you have to do in life and investing even though it's a you want to it's just not something that you're thinking about every single day because of everything else that you're stressed about so i think there's just a lack of overall transparency but there's also a lack of how to do it mm. how to do it right and so um like you mentioned i i started my career at goldman sachs i understand i've learned so much um, about the world of investing. And I wish more minorities had an opportunity to learn about this because it is very easy to start once you have the right framework. And so that's what I that's what I think I wanted to show. We were talking and it just came yeah. up in terms of the, the, the investing side. It just blew me away. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, let me just get into this really quick. Um, and and then I want you to do a formal, like you could, as much as you would like to share as, yeah, by, as far as your financial background, when I started my career in 2017, 2018, one of the gyms that I ran was in Westchester and I worked with a lot of successful people. And most of those people were working for Goldman Sachs and was on Wall Street. And when I say, yeah. you know, these, these dudes was making anywhere from 10 to $50 million a year. Uh, they were investors or bankers or whatever the case may be. And I never knew what Goldman Sachs was. I had no, that was foreign language to me. So there's two questions. Number one, um, before you tell people your financial background, what what is Goldman Sachs? What, 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 what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a great, it's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. So Goldman Sachs is um, a bank. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a global bank and they provide services to people um, like you and me, and then to corporations. Um, uh, you know, like the bigger Nikes of the world, those type of corporations. And so Goldman Sachs intent is to manage your money or manage the corporation's money, increase the value of that money, and then collect a fee for the services of doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I was at Goldman Sachs for about eight to nine years uh, working and uh, on with corporations um, and people. And so mm -hmm. you understand over the time when you're around it for so long, how how this works and how people think about money, how the rich and wealthy think about money, how they invest their money, why they do the things they do. Yeah, that's a really good point because I have a couple of questions regarding that. Um, and, and I just want to make like a comparison for people that don't really understand. Is it fair to say like working for Goldman Sachs is like playing for the Yankees in the MLB if you were a professional yeah, baseball player, yeah. right? I mean, Gold, Goldman Sachs, you'd say is the number one bank, investment bank in the world, Yeah, right? So similar to playing for the the Yankees or the Lakers in terms of history mm -hmm. uh they are they are who you want to go to right uh for 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 learning everything about financial services got it that's awesome okay so let me ask you a question first question I want to um um and before I ask this question I just want to put this down why I'm bringing us on the podcast most of the people that I work with are struggling I'm talking about even rich people yeah struggling because what you find is a person is overworking, right? Their overeating becomes from overwork and a lack of time management because of more money going out their account than actually coming in. So one of the first things I do with clients is sit them down and say, how much money you have coming out and how much money you have coming in? And the first thing I teach them about investing with their mindset is instead of um, thinking I have a different way, a perspective about money, anytime money goes out the account, ask yourself, is it an investment or a payment? Anything is an investment if it's bringing back energy. So buying better food for yourself, buying better water, or if you're a business owner and buying a microphone like I have here so I can do a podcast like this, right? Versus if I just go buy a pair of Yeezys um, for $500, that may be more of a payment at the moment for me, unless I'm a fashion, you know, a fashion guy, right? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is why, the number one thing is why don't people invest? Yeah, I think you you said something that was really interesting in terms of the wealthy, even people struggling. I think regardless if you're wealthy or you're struggling, most people are struggling. I've seen wealthy people who live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, I think there was a study on that. And so I think it's a mindset. Number one, people don't know what they don't know. And so mm -hmm. they're based, they're living their lives on habits that you're taught from your parents, uh, right? And then you carry those habits as you grow up. Um, and so there's a little bit of just behavior that we've adopted, right? Mm -hmm. Unbeknownst to us, right? We've adopted that way of managing our money. We've adopted that way of thinking. Um, and then life happens, right? And bills pile up and 
you're just trying to survive and find a way to kind of make sure you can make ends meet. And so I think there's fear, there's um, keeping those old behaviors. And so there's a mindset shift that has to take place, but it's hard to find the time to take to, for that to take place in the midst of your storm. Mm. It's really, really difficult. And then you don't have somebody that you can really go to or turn to, right? Mm. Uh, that you can say, who is in your network that you can say, hey, teach me how to do this, right? Mm -hmm. You can go on Google and, and research it, but even Google, it doesn't it doesn't distill it in a way that's absorbable for the person who's struggling, right? They speak it, they they, they have it in a way that's really for the, the investor that has done this before and not for the day-to-day -day person who's just trying to figure out how to open an account, right? And so there's a, there's a lack of having somebody to rely on to help you think through this, especially for your situation, mm -hmm. right? Right. And then there's a lack and then there's just your day to day in terms of when do I really have the time to make sure I can find time and money to do this? Yeah. One of the things that blew me away was as you know, because my dad, you know, he was a hustler. He sold drugs and he was trying to get by each and every yep. day. Right. And then, you know, when I started to make a little it is a, a lot of about money's a mindset. Right. Mindset. The belief about money. And when I grew up, I thought rich people were were bad people people who drove mercedes were bad people people who were that we call them oh you're extra bougie and kind of yeah. things like that right it's kind of like insecure thing especially from you know coming from nothing we we don't know any better so what i'm getting to here is when i start to make a little bit of money the first thing that i noticed is is that the money's sitting in the bank and there's a nice little fun question for you if i got let's just say from someone i'm saving twenty thousand dollars right um in the bank is that smart yeah no it's it looks it's a great question right once you start making money and that's and that's you're right once you start making money your mindset right if you don't know you may just put it in the bank right mm -hmm. to somebody who's a little more experienced says how do we help how do we have that money make money for you while it's mm -hmm. sitting there right the wealthiest people in the world their goal is to create as much um in, a passive income that's really, you know, right now how we work in terms of people who are struggling, especially minorities, is we, we trade our time for money. We work, we get paid, right? What we need to do is to start to shift this. How do we take some of that money we make and actually start making, it makes money for us even while we're sleeping, right? And that will compound over time. That will build on itself. And so if you have $20,000, Really, the best idea is not to just have it sitting in your savings account because the interest on that is not going to be good enough. And we can get into more detail in terms of how does the bank actually make money off your because the money, exactly. the minute you put money in the bank, the bank takes that money and borrows it and they do a lot of things. And we can get into more and detail, they invest right? That. They and invest they invest that, right? Because they know what they're doing, <laughs> right? And they want you to put it in the savings account. But what we want to do is start taking that and putting it into funds, yeah. right? Index funds, mutual funds. Yeah. That really to start over years. Yeah. You you get to build. You get to start making money on your money, yeah. right? And that's really where we want to do. And and really think about what are the different what I call investment vehicles, different funds that you can use to start making yep. money for you. That's a that's a great that's a great point, and we'll get into more of that. Um, so, what did you learn from wealthy people when you were working at Goldman Sachs? Because yeah. you know each person, each successful person leads a road to success, or each person who failed and accept failing left a road to failure. So, what did you learn about wealthy people? Usually, they have like the same habits. Yeah, there's always there's habits, right, of people who have money. Um, and people who've really found a way, and I'm not talking about just people who've inherited a lot of money and that's yeah. it. I'm talking about people who've really built wealth. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of things are very, it goes back to the coaching that you do, Nate, right? Have you sat down and got clear on your, how you spend your money, right? Sitting down mm -hmm. and saying, how much money comes in my account? How much money comes out of my account, right? Mm -hmm. um, and really take a look at that because you have to have a clear understanding of what's coming in and what's coming out. And are we blind to that? And most of us are. We don't want to look at the bank account at the end of the day and realize we're, we spend extra dollars here, right? And so exactly. really wealthy people are very good at understanding their checks and balances. What's coming in, what's coming out and have clarity in terms of sitting down every two weeks and actually looking at those financials Right. Not just look paying bills. Right. Have you developed a spreadsheet yeah. that really is your financial spreadsheet? How many credit cards do I got to pay? How much money is coming in? That's number one. They do a, a really great job of. Of um, paying themselves first, if you will. Right. Mm. So 
once you've sat down and you say, how much money do I have in my account? How much money can you actually allocate towards savings of some sort, mm-hmm. right? And so the best will save around 20% of their income towards savings, right? And then we can get deeper into like how much mm-hmm. of that goes into different things. But they're very clear about that. So that could be on auto save. It just moves into another account. They found the number that works for them. So mm-hmm. anything pops up, it doesn't disrupt the number, right? Mm-hmm. And do and things pop up, obviously, but they've... if that's what they've found a way to, to make it work. Um, they've gotten really clear on the type of things they invest in, right? Mm-hmm. Some people invest in direct stocks. Some people invest in funds. Regardless of what's going on in the market, they stay consistent with their investment strategy um, for the long run. It's the Warren Buffett effect, right? doesn't matter if Apple's up 300%. No, I'm doing this. This is what my values are. I'm going to continue this because I know the long run of it of of it all Got and it. um and i would say lastly um you know i i've seen this in in how the media works is folks are really reliant on credit cards and points mm-hmm. um and so and i think it works right if you are somebody who's very responsible with your financial with your finances on using points and credit cards and you can pay it off great mm-hmm. um but if you're not and you're struggling with that it's how, right how do you find a way to not rely on kind of opening credit cards for points and you're leveraging the cash it and not. One of the things that hurts most, right? If you swipe your debit card, $10, that hurts, right? If I swipe my credit card for $10, uh, it's not really, it doesn't hurt as much. My, yeah. I, I'll pay it back. So certain things you you have to figure out kind of, you know, how do I rely more on my cash to pay things off? If I don't have the cash, I just, I just don't buy it, right? Yeah. It goes back to the mindset of, is it going to give me a return? Are those Yeezys, although they're fly, right? Is that is that is that going to get me something else? Or if I save and I did X, that you know course is going to help me teach others that will help me do more, right? Exactly. That's that. Yep. That's exactly how I I went. You know, and when you get around family, when you start changing money habits, family, you start learning how bad family is with money, but also how. In you know, in the reptilian brain, how much scarcity they have with the safety and security, right? Like, you know, you oh, I can't invest money, but then you know, they just spent fifty dollars on you know ordering out. I remember one day I was I'm not gonna call this person out, but I had a family member over, and I was telling him, hey, you know, let's uh, I'm gonna go to Whole Foods, and I went to Whole Foods. I spent fifty dollars on groceries, and he was like, I can't believe you spent fifty dollars on that food. I can get that for twenty five at Trader Joe's. I'm like, okay, and then. After five to six hours of him being hungry and after five to six hours of this person looking online for food, they end up ordering food and it came out to $75. And not only did they spend more than me, but the most valuable thing that I, that burns me is the amount of time that went by to yeah. make a decision. So that's a very good point. You, you said something that I wrote a note here. Um, that they go, wealthy people check their account every two weeks and sit down. I can't tell you how true that is because I remember one day I was invited to a very, like, a, I'm not going to say a private island, but kind of like a nice, you know, place. And uh, the person who did it, it, he's he's my, he's an entertainment lawyer. He's my lawyer. So he invited me out yeah. and we was out there for summer break. And it was a, it was like, a, I think it was like a Friday morning. And he saw a charge for $7 that wasn't supposed to be on his account. When I say $7, he was on the phone with Chase for over an hour for $7. (laughs) (laughs) And I could not at that moment, I I really just couldn't understand why that was an issue. Yeah. And we stopped our activities and everything. We had like coffee that morning and, you know, we were late to get our coffee and our breakfast because – of $7 that was supposed to be on his account. I'm like, $7 is nothing to this guy. Okay, let me, um, one thing that I learned too, um, let, you know, we're talking about investing and we're talking about these things. Let's give like a little live example. I think one of the things that can get people just tuned in a little more is something where uh, the stocks split. I'm not sure if that's the right name for it, but I remember you gave me the heads up in round like February that Amazon or Google oh, yeah. was going to split. What does that mean? Number one. And number two, let's get an example. If somebody would have put a thousand bucks on that, what would they get in return? Yeah. So the, I think it was, um, 
yeah, we were talking, Amazon, Google, and Apple all confirmed that they were going to do a stock split in the summer. The very, you know, the July 15th, June, I believe. July something, July 15th, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the stock, uh, so let's say Amazon, Google was, and Amazon, I think, was at 3000 plus at the time, but let's say Google was $1,000. What they were announcing was to increase the number of shares in the public mm -hmm. to purchase. And so a stock really is all about, you know, you have ownership of a company and that mm. company is, there's a certain number of of stocks out there. So let's say 10 shares of, of the stock is out there. Let's say it's a hypothetical and to the public, anybody can purchase them. But, and the amount of people that want to purchase really drives the price of the stock up or down. And so if it's $1,000 for Google, they may say, hey, it's time for us to, we want to have more access. We want to give more access to the public in terms of stock price. It's a little mm -hmm. too expensive for them. And so they're going to cut the stock price in, in half, let's say, and now bring it down to $500. But I think in this case, Google brought it down to $100 a share, which makes it more accessible. Right, increases the number of shares. Mm -hmm. And so if you owned that stock at a thousand, for example, you now have more shares of the same uh, dollar ownership. Yeah, like right? 10 more if it goes down get to 100. 10 more, right? You yeah. get a lot more. And so now it allows for the more of the general public to say, oh, I can now buy in um, to the, because they want more investors to purchase the stock. And so yeah. at that point, it's now a good chance to say, oh, should I own a Google, an Apple, right? Tesla has done a stock split. And, and so you can look at those companies and again, it goes back to these are things, uh, you know, I always think about really resonating with what your work is. What's the what are your values? Uh, you know, yeah. what what do you believe about this organization? And obviously, there's some financials that we go into. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's what a stock split is. And now provides more ownership. And so now you can purchase the stock at a, a, a lot cheaper price than it was before. Got it. So this is good. This is getting really good because I'm, I'm trying to put myself back in the shoes of the listener that doesn't know what the hell investing is right and so we take a hundred bucks so let's just say that split right this is what blew me away when you told me about the split and i'm like jeff you already know it's gonna split you're like yeah it's public information but most people just don't look it up and there's something that you put in your program um which we'll share later that you got my whole mindset the way you uh, first started the program with me you shifted my whole perspective on everything. Like mm -hmm. literally just, just flipped it over. So let's just say this. Let's say, let's just make an example. Um, Apple goes to hundred bucks. It's split at hundred dollars. I put a thousand dollars. I invest a thousand bucks into that, right? That means I got 10 shares, right? Now, right. when Apple showed history of, let's just say going up to $600 a share, let's just say that for an example. Let's say two years from now, let's say a year from now, that thousand, that 10 shares that I brought for 100 bucks is now at 600. That means that there's a growth of 500 a share there, correct? Mm -hmm. Which then would make the value of my shares $5,000. Correct. Which then would show that I made 4K from that 1,000. Correct. So you telling me I can just chill, invest that, and that's how, that's an example of investing. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's a, that's a really good example, right? And there's always, there's taxes if you, re, re, you know, take the money out, but it gives you a really good picture of how your money can grow. Obviously, you hope that Apple goes back even further from where they've, you know, all those things have to come into alignment, but 100%, right? There's an opportunity there for you to take that same dollar that you could have just had sitting in your savings account and actually yep. make the money work for you, right? So, so the, yep. I want to do a nice little, another quick example, because we brought this up and we're going to keep it simple numbers. So let's just say, I know that there's a split coming and I took $10,000 and put it down, right? That gives me 100 shares, correct? Mm -hmm. And then same thing, same scenario. It goes up to 600, which then gives me, um, instead of having a hundred shares, so that means it went up $500 from when I bought it. So that means I have a chance of making $50,000. Yeah. You see that? Mm -hmm. I hope the audience is understanding what we're talking about here. This is, and this is, and the, here, here's the thing that I've learned too, Jeff, from you and from after you gave me this education of me just looking, you know, just more research. Yeah. There's companies that start off at like 25 cents. Yes. And that you get, 
that you've done your research and you have faith in that end up going to 15 bucks one day. And when you was at 25 cents, you put $10,000 down on it or five grand. And then you had a nice little turnaround went up to 15 bucks. I witnessed somebody in front of me. Um, he will, he'll probably let me say this, but I'm not going to say his name right now. Yeah. Um, he, there was a car company called, uh, Neo. And what he did is he said, Nate, Neo may be the Chinese version of Tesla. That's going to compete with Tesla one day. And it was on sale for like a dollar. Yep. And he said, Nate, take five grand and dump it on that. Because he was talking to the guy at the time who owned Twitter. Uh, what's that dude's name before? Uh, Jack Dorsey? Yes, Jack Dorsey. Yeah. He, was, he was texting Jack Dorsey, and Jack Dorsey told him, look out for Neil. When you get around, and this is another thing, too. When you start getting in this language and flow, you start getting some connections with, you know what I'm saying? People give you that yes. information, right? So at the time, I, had, I didn't have the education. I didn't have the background. I didn't know yeah. what he was talking about. So I, I witnessed this dude drop $50,000 on Neil. And then six months later, Mia Neo was up at $50 a share. And I saw him sell it. And I saw the profit that he made. You could do the math on that. Yep. And he made more money than when most people were making five to 10 years of their life just by investing. Now, I have another question for you. Um, here's what I've learned. When a person says what to invest in, right? And you said core values and things. One trick that I've learned is look on what you're consuming or wearing is one of yeah. the first steps. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, and that's, so it's 100%. And so I think it's, there's a little bit of, it's exactly to your point, what are you consuming? What are you wearing? What do you use, right? Because you have certain familiarity with certain companies, right? You may have an Apple phone. You may have an Android phone. You may be using Google products. You may be, right, there's, you know, you may be wearing Urban Outfit, you know, or, you know, under armor for example yeah. right so you you know you and your friends buy some of these products you have a pulse on the culture right of these products and what and the fact that you know this is going to sell so i think there's also there's a uh, i think people don't realize how much they're impacting these numbers in the mm -hmm. markets because they're they're also consumers so you know what's hot and what's not right exactly. and um and so that's number one i think number two one of the things is this whole stock market and the economy and the difference between it's all a, it's all a game that you have to get really good at understanding how to play and there's certain um i'm looking at monopoly there's certain like puzzle pieces that work for you on some things that you're not willing so what is your risk tolerance how much risk are you willing to take today in your life and how much do you want to be actively trading versus not? And that's where things like should I trade stocks versus funds versus different investment vehicles come into place. But once you have an understanding of, oh, here are the products I usually buy. I buy, I buy Nike. I buy this. You know, should I actually, you know, instead of buying a $50 shoe of Nike, should I put $50 or whatever amount I could buy towards one sh stock of the company that I truly love? And you, know? you become an owner. And then you become a partial partial owner, right? Mm. And, it, and it starts to empower you, right? So now you say, you know what? I I love, man, I love the I, iPhone, right? I could get these AirPods and you could buy the AirPod, right? Apple wants you to buy the AirPods and the AirPod <laughs> Maxes, right? You in the yeah, computer. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? Let me actually spend uh, 150 bucks on, on one share of Apple today. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's an investment, right? As opposed to, the, you know, let me, let me do that today as you know, so you start to look at what you're buying and ask, you ask yourself, can I take the shoe, the clothes, yeah. right, the thing, and actually buy a share of that company? And now what you're doing, and Jay-Z says it all the time, right, mm -hmm. especially in our culture, it's about ownership, Yes, it right? Is. It's about ownership and what you're doing. And that, yes. over time, doesn't get built in day one, right? Jay-Z has been doing this for years. Now he's mm -hmm. owned, right? His company is – so how do we build ownership? Mm. Hove. I mean, if the audience, a lot of people probably, I have a great um, support system from overseas too that doesn't really, um, probably doesn't know about hip hop that much. Yeah. For those that don't know, that Jay-Z in our community is huge. Um, as much as other communities try to bring him down, um, Jay-Z has built Jay-Z. He's helped build Kanye West. He's helped build Rihanna, which are all billionaires. He's married to Beyonce, who's also a billionaire. These are all billionaires. 
And one of the verses that he said in his new song is, how many billion names came from Hov's crib? Yep. Mm. I mixed that lineup. How many millionaires came from Nate's crib? But look. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, so this is a good example. I have a couple questions left, and then yeah. um, then we, we're gonna have this beautiful announcement that we have. Now, can can you give me an example? Say if that person says, "Okay, Jeff, thank you for telling me that. I'm gonna buy the. I'm gonna put my money into Apple." Uh, that hundred fifty bucks. When we made a a stock split, which happens to be something that happens, I don't know how often, but let's just say we have someone who doesn't really want to get into all doing the research on when does it split, yeah. do all that. They just want to take their money and put it into something they believe, like maybe maybe Apple, Mac, Microsoft, or things in that nature. When do they actually get to see the benefits of their money, and how do they see the benefits? Is it when it the, the values more, they have to sell it then, or do they start with like, how does that work? Yeah. So there's various ways, right? So if you buy Apple today at one, let's say it's 150 today, um, you know, you can monitor Apple every single day if you want, once a month if you want. And the hope is, right, you see the share price go up, right? So 150, you bought it. The share price next month may be $160, right? It's yeah. a $10 difference, right? And your goal is to kind of continue to see that go up. And so the value of your money now is more, right? By just letting that money sit within Apple. Yeah. And so this comes down to, we, we talk about your values. What are, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to long-term keep this money for 10, 20, 30 years? Are you trying to use this towards you know, buying a house one day? Are you trying to, and so this determines when you want to pull that money out, oh, um, right? But over time, you want to see that money go up. And then the beautiful part about this is as you get better, you start to invest in stocks that pay dividends. And those dividends will come back to you quarterly, annually, monthly, depending on the type of stock it is. And that, you know, although small, right, maybe company A is $50 a share and they're paying one cent per share. Well, the more you start investing, adding more shares of that company, the more you start getting more dividends over time. And then you start getting what we call passive income. And the more and more money you put in, the more and more times where some of these wealthy, the wealthiest people literally can live off of dividends and income. This is this is where you got me at the edge of my seat when when you uh, brought me through your presentation and taught me this game. I've never in my life heard this. Can you do me one favor? Because I have a question about um, two other things after this that's going to lead up to a little more of this. Can you give me an example of a dividend and how a person can make money? So say if someone takes, let's just say, $10,000 and goes into a company, can you break us break me break it down on how that whole thing works? Yeah, so let's say you just take 10000 into a company um, that pays a 1% dividend, um, and that's pretty high, right? Let's say 1% dividend um, quarterly, so, you know, four times a year. Um, your 1% will get paid out to you uh, as, a, as kind of income um, uh, at the end of every quarter, right? So... You and know, that's a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks, right? Gets so paid. you're telling me, like, so four quarters, I'm making. I'm, so in that year, I'm gonna make four hundred bucks. Four hundred dollars. Four hundred. I right. didn't know that. I thought you would make one hundred bucks that whole year. I didn't know quarterly. Oh no, sorry, that was my mistake. You're hundred percent right. So you'll make, you'll make that uh one hundred bucks the whole year, but the it'll be paid year. out quarterly. So that's right? twenty five dollars. Twenty five. Twenty five dollars quarterly, right? And so now you'll get that money to your account. And then you can decide to do two things. You can take that cash or you can redeem, you can invest it back into the stock that you have. Got it. Now, let me, let, let's just say this. Let's just make up a company. Let's just say, be great with Nate. I have a dividend. I give you 1%. And then, but you, we were also going to give the uh, amount that the company is going to make each year too, right? So each year, each company is going to make some type of, well, specifically an index fund, a mutual fund, which we're going to get into. But each fund also has a percentage of how much they'll profit or they're going to make, right? So for an example, let's just say my index fund over, you know, it, it achieves better than S&P 500 and we make 13% a year. So mm -hmm. 
outside of making the 1% for yeah. dividend and quarterly pays, you're still making your 13% on top of that, correct? Yeah, correct, right? So, yeah, exactly. So you'll, to, in, what Nate is referring to is, let's say for an index fund, which is a which is a collection of different stocks, those stocks you buy into index fund A, just like a regular stock, you buy in a, let's say, $20, right? You hope it goes 30, 40. That appreciation, that increase, you're going to, that, that, that's going to make you more valuable. That's going to make your account more valuable. And then on top of that, you're getting your quarterly dividend. Yes. Right. And so yes. that is like, it's like, uh, it's a, you're double dipping. I mean, it's a perfect example of like making money and then also getting a little bit of a, a payment back. Exactly. So let's go to this because this is, this what made me feel a little more safe about wanting to invest. When you gave me education on index funds, I said in that at the end of the last podcast and in the beginning of this one, I did a survey. When you taught me about index funds, I've asked 60 of the most successful people I personally know. That is one of my cousins who's an extreme success. Uh, my uncle who's uh, very successful. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, rappers, actors, influencers. And out of 60 people, six people out of 60 knew what the index fund was. The six people who knew what it was when I kind of looked at their lifestyle and now I now I know how they have that lifestyle, okay? Yeah. So can you break down what an index fund is? Yeah, so an index fund is, you know, we're, we're talking about different, in the past we've been talking about Apple, Google, individual yeah. stocks. You can type in Apple on the ticker and you can buy one share, two shares. What we say is it's some of the best people, you don't have every single day to be picking stocks and doing all that, right? And so what you want to do is essentially by an index fund that is a collection of all those different ones. So you might have a you know, technology index fund that has Apple, Microsoft, Google, all of them in one, right? So you essentially own pieces of every single one of those companies, right? Or you buy an index fund that is equivalent to the market. So as the market goes up and down, you're, you're following that. So it's a collection of investment stocks, bonds, or other in instruments. It is something that is what we call passive managed. It means that there's not a um, there's not a bunch of um, stock pickers that are picking those tools. They're picked one time and they kind of sit there and you just invest into them. And so it is a great way to own multiple companies in terms of as one fund and then get a nice return every single year or quarterly or whatever the case may be. Um, without having every single day to look at Apple, next look at Google, next look at Facebook, and all of that. So you just so put really, your money there, and you can go about your, your money, life. and you you let it you you essentially let the money grow for you and go about your life. And the beautiful thing about that is that you're not depending on one company to strive at all points, right? Exactly. It's about diversification because if you put your money in Apple, and you only know what you know, right? So if you put your money in Apple, and tomorrow. Apple releases the iPhone. It doesn't do well. Money goes down. You have five thousand bucks in Apple that was five thousand, but tomorrow it's twenty five hundred, and you're like, "Oh, damn! That yeah. what am I gonna do?" Or you put in an index fund, and Apple goes down, but it's your 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 there's um you're balanced because Microsoft is up, Google's exactly. up, right? Facebook so the competition is, up. is in the, that index fund. Yeah, at the same time. It, it's to, and usually those index funds generally always. And this is, you know, when you talk about financial services, never ever get a guarantee, but typically they follow the market. And so they're, you know, they provide some just safe returns to you um, because they're, they're more safer vehicles. And the, the mix is always there to make sure that there isn't really any big risk. And what it is, you know, because what you gave me game on is most of these companies are, most index funds are trying to beat out S&P 500, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the top 500 companies. Yep. In the United States, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, so the S&P 500, there's various different um, indexes that we wallow, but the Standard & Poor's 500 is really the mix of the five largest corporations in the United States, right? And so and we the, know most of these companies. In the last 50 years, what is the average return on the S&P 500? The last 50 years, I'd have to look. I think uh, when I did research, it was 10%. Yeah, because I think it's between 7 and 10%. Okay. that you'll get on those. Um, uh, and I think, yeah, I think the last 30, it's been around 7 to 10% return. most index funds are trying to beat out the S&P 500, yeah. right? So most are either matching or trying to be slightly above the S&P 500, um, which is great, right? It's better than any any savings vehicle you can get. 
And so uh, what is it? What is a safe estimation that a person may get on a good index fund a year on their on their money? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd probably say the if you're on a really good S&P, a, a really good index fund, even just like an S&P, you could probably see an average of 7% and average annual return. Okay, that. so that means if I were to put $10,000 in and I go about my life, that I would make approximately 700 bucks on that. Yeah. Okay, and then if I, here's the thing. We talked about compound investing or compound saving or compound interest in these things, right? Whereas yeah. somebody looks at that and say, that's it? $700? No, but so, and to your point, right? Seven, I mean, seven is low end, right? I think the average is, I just even Googled the average right now. It's about 10.7%. Okay, right? so, so even thousand 10%, bucks. thousand bucks, right? But that's a thousand. So you have a, so you take 10,000, now you have 11,000, right? And then you're yep. going to go through another year and that's going to be, you're going to get return on that thousand you've added into yep. your initial investment. Yep. Right. So let's Not, just say that that index fund also has dividends too. Yeah. So those index funds have dividends and there's specific index funds that have really great dividends as well. So if you're now being super smart, you say, I'm going to get a really good dividend paying index fund. Um, also gives me great returns. And then you can reinvest. Obviously, you have the thousand dollars you make on the um, annual, the the average return plus the index fund pays dividends. You bring that back, and so you're yep. going to start getting interest Rollover. on every single thing you do every single year. And that's not including when you start seeing that you throw an extra five hundred bucks in there. And that's 5, not, yeah, and that's not including the money that you're adding to it over time, yeah. right? Whether it's a thousand, one hundred, two hundred dollars. Because this this becomes a beast when you look in at numbers like. 100K in there, right? And you getting $10,000 now on your 100K, right? Plus dividends. What I did is when you and I were playing around, I'm like, oh, if I can get up to a half a million, like if a person has a million dollars in there, they're, they can, based on just making, they can make $100,000 a year and pay themselves as a yeah. salary. I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what the, some of the wealthiest do, right? They're using these funds, mutual funds at that point. Now you're getting into mutual fund territory because the index fund is for, it's really, you can go find an index fund. It's what I call passively managed. No one's really kind of managing it actively. The mutual funds are, to your point, those people who make millions of dollars, who now there's somebody moving those stocks around and shifting things around for them, they're going to charge you a higher fee on that. But those people, again, index or mutual funds, that's how you're starting to see people say, I'm going to take my 100, 200,000, 300,000. Now I'm going to bring back $10,000 a year or whatever the case may be. Now you get into the millions and now I can start living off of the interest or the appreciation I make every year. Exactly. Not touching the principal amount. And so and let me, I have two two nice questions i know we're deep we're digging into a lot and and this i hope this is hyping up the audience and giving a lot of great information what is usually the fee that you pay for index fund versus a mutual fund yeah so the fee so typically on an index fund you're going to pay 0.09 percent super you know relatively small yep. fee on that mm -hmm. on a mutual fund depending on who's managing that mutual fund it could be 0.8 or or one percent right yep. so that fee is a lot bigger mm -hmm. over time and so typically what you'll see is i think on average if you use the mutual fund for 30 years you're probably going to pay about fifteen thousand dollars in fees mutual fund on an index fund you'll probably pay around two thousand dollars for yeah. the same 30-year period yeah right i saw a study and i can be 100 percent wrong about this but i saw someone make an example of Two people in their 30s put a hundred thousand dollars in an account. By the time they're 55, one has nine hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars, another one only has like three hundred and sixty-four hundred thousand dollars due to the fee overload over those years. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Mutual funds, it, it, it's just a heavy amount of fees they're gonna start hitting you, especially who's managing it. Index funds are great. The fees are really low. It's just more around you managing it yourself and choosing 
the next fund or taking yourself out of that fund. Yeah. And I think after someone gets in there and they get their feet wet a little bit, they can learn a little something about, okay, yeah, I like this or I don't like that kind of exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And I think it comes down to at that point, people will tend to go into mutual funds depending on the time they have. Right. Some of those yeah. wealthy millionaires, they just don't have the time. Exactly. So they, they, they now hire a private wealth manager to really focus on that. Um, but not many of us are in that category right now. Yeah. Right. So we should be building the skill sets. Again, remember, it goes back to the mindsets that we want to pass down to our children, or our friends. And index funds are a great tool. Right. Warren Buffett is a huge fan of those those funds. Yeah. My um, you know, when you look at if you want to own real estate um, and you get into real estate, and you want to flip houses or you want to own real estate to have, you know, to rent, you need property managers. So, yeah. If you're going to get into any type of investment, you're all, you know, even though you have a property manager, it doesn't mean you're never going to have to put some type of work in. You yes. know what I'm saying? I think Dave Ramsey put up uh, a tweet the other day saying, uh, just because you own real estate doesn't mean it's 100% passive. You're still going to yes. have to respond to things. So for your index fund, if you just move a couple things and you have a million dollars sitting there, for an example, after years of saving uh, or just investing, then it's not going to hurt you to do a couple hours a week to just move a couple of things to have yeah, an yeah. income of a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred percent. Right. Right. That's what you should be doing is looking at your portfolio and saying, okay, you know, do I need to invest in a different index fund or how do I want to move things around? Exactly. Okay. So I got the last two questions for you. Um, that's crazy. Cause th that was my next question. Uh, index versus mutual. What is an easy, what is an easy way for someone to start to invest? I know we touched on just look around and uh, see, you know, what's around you and what you're consuming. But in your opinion, let's just say you're going back to day one. What is something simple that's not overwhelming for a typical mother that is working all day or someone who has a hundred bucks to their name right now? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing you want to do is sit down and say, look, if you just come up to go, like I have a hundred bucks, right? That's a great start. Right. And I think people get a misconception is like, I need 2000, 3000. No, you can put $50 into the market and just build confidence in yourself. And so what is that regular savings amount that you can do that you feel good about? It could be yeah. 20, it could be 30, it could be a hundred dollars. Once you've defined that again, you're trying to build habits. How do I start? I then decide to open a brokerage account. And so that could be through E-Trade. It could be through Charles Schwab. Right. And so you should just Google, you know, best brokerage accounts. And a lot of these brokerage accounts will offer you $200 for opening an account with them or do, you know, free, right? Right. So there's always these promotions, right? So you open a brokerage account. Now you decide to put a hundred dollars a month into your brokerage account or two or two twenty or 50. And so now the focus is, do I go individual stocks or do I go index funds? My always suggestion is start with the index funds because yeah. it builds, it builds you, more long-term wealth over time. And so then you look for an S&P 500 index fund, something to follow the market, right? And then you put money towards one of those index funds and that allows you to start the process. Why should people invest? I mean, look, we're all trying to change our history, our generation, obviously the stress of what money brings, right? And um, it's, you should invest because you want to also find a way to break the cycle of being dependent mm. on time versus getting paid. And so how do you build capability and what I call financial literacy and financial well-being for yourself? Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to work until you're 80 years old, still trying to figure out a way. The system is built to say, work every day, put money towards your 401k, and that's it. What we want to do is say, no, we want to help you build financial freedom today. Mm -hmm. And that starts today. So that way, 20, 30 years, although it seems like a long time, you might hit lightning in the bottle in 10 years, in five years. Mm -hmm. But we want to build that financial literacy so you can start being dependent and have the financial freedom that you need today. And it really, it just starts with small, small amounts of change. Love it. You you killed it. Is this your first like interview? No, uh, yeah, I think so. Ah, we just made history. So you were my first TikTok <laughs> yeah, client. Yeah, this is this is my first one. Yeah, yeah. Were you a little nervous doing this today? You know what? No, I mean it. It felt it's it's natural. I I appreciate the, the time. It's first time actually talking about this in a forum. Um, 
with folks who really need help, right? A lot yeah. of times you talk about this with people who already have money. So this is a good opportunity for people for to you know to help people who like you just said they're like like I'm trying I got fifty dollars I'm trying to figure out how to start this. Yeah. Another great thing is is that Jeff has a company called True Space. You want to speak about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so True Space is meant to help folks really uh, with learning again, really customized co course coaching to help you get into investing, manage your money, think about your budgeting, but also if you're looking to shift careers, right? Uh, if you're looking to figure out how to market yourself to a new job, you're going to start your own business, right? It's all the things that you need to really, be, again, it's all about financial well-being and financial freedom and uh, having that right mindset uh, to get there. And that's what True Space is all about. It's beautiful. Where can they find more information? If someone wants to reach out to you and say, I got to work with this guy, how can they find you? Yeah, no, you can reach out to me at jeff at truespace.com. Um, that will be able to that'll be your best bet to reach out to me. You can also find me on Instagram at Jeff, Jeff Dagbo as well. Um, but I'm always available. Nate knows this. I'm very reachable. My Just like Nate, his goal was to help me kind of um, lose weight, but also build a, a good mindset of health is the same thing is how do we, how do we help minorities specifically learn the tools they need to invest in themselves? Um, and then that's what, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. And you, you do have a passion that cause you spent a lot of time with me on yes, Sundays too. We're recording this on a Sunday right now. That's exactly okay. right. I, and Jeff, if you, if you don't mind, just, um, I'll have all your information. You just send me all that information. Yep. I'll have it in uh, the description and the show notes here. Uh, thank you for being here. If you are, if you like this podcast, I hope you liked it. Uh, like I said, this is for people, for everybody, right? Um, but I'm telling you, the biggest problem that I see is uh, people, even successful people, stressing because of money or or just overworking because of money. Don't understand money. And I, after you taught me what you taught me, I I was doing presentations myself on the board on showing people these things. And I'm like, I'm going to get this out. I'm going to get this information out. So um, we went a lot deeper with this uh, information that I attended to, but I love it. Um, I, I had a set of questions and it was able to bring us to a lot of different things. So uh, thank you. Thank you all for listening. You can find Jeff's info in the uh, description or the show notes. So hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did share it with a friend uh, or if you haven't rated the podcast yet, please do that it can help us grow. And, uh, We'll see you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope the show gave you valuable information. If you did, take a screenshot, post it on social media, like your Instagram story or someone your social and tag me. I will definitely get back to you. I really appreciate the love. Or you can easily just leave a rating or a review if you have the time. You don't understand how much those little things right there help me push this show to get more people like you to listen. If you want more Be Great With Nate, you can head over to BeGreatWithNate.com and I'll meet you there. Until next time.